Yo, yo. I call my gun Fred Flintstone. Uh, Yabba dabba do. Put a nigga in that brimstone. Plastic wrap him too. Body black and blue with bullet wounds. One went through the eye. Came out above the ear. Felt the pain before you die. Homicide, this is beast mode. Muslim with the teeth go. 100 vials of hot. What my niggas call that lethal. People, listen up. OG dropping knowledge. Heavy math in the path for the holiest of scholars. For the dollars and the cents. Niggas fix you with the wrench. Started five live niggas now. End up on the bench. Fist clenched, peace guard This is science mixed with violence Body bags and the sirens I'm a motherfucking tyrant, the alliance Home team Band above us Can't stand above us Doing numbers It's a lot we plan for summers From a runners on the team Yo, I came up in the jacks Putting scoops up on the beam I was gaining my respect Yo The guard maintained On the steady path Dropping knowledge Street scholars Yo, they call it heavy math It's a lot The guard maintained On the steady path Dropping knowledge Street scholars Yo, they call it heavy math that was the intro, Heavy Math, to Killy Shoot and producer Onaje Jordan's collaborative album Heavy Math, which dropped on April 26th and is now available on all digital streaming platforms. Welcome to episode 78 of We Going and Presents where I'm joined by Killy Shoot to talk about his new album, Heavy Math, and what it was like working with Onaje Jordan. We talk about what the process was like, how he balanced his hardcore rhymes with imparting knowledge, who's the best gamer and home team, and much more. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and go back to episode 77, if you missed it, for my conversation with 100 Grand Royce, and episode 76 to catch up on Team Demo. And please hit up the links for my books, including the Words interview series and Chopped Herring interview series. Episode 78, Killy Shoot, welcome back. You know, when you put out quality music, you know, I know we just did an interview, but you're going to come back on, or at least I'm going to ask you to. And so, you know, I'm glad we get to, you know, reconnect, even though it's only been a couple months. But Heavy Math is out with Onaje Jordan. You know, first and foremost, though, before we get into the album, just how's everyone been doing with, you know, the stay-at-home orders and coronavirus and staying safe? Uh, man, COVID's uh, been crazy. First of all, thank you for having me back. I know it feels like, you know, we just talked, but, you know, thank you so much for what you said. It's always a pleasure, you know, uh, coming on the show. Definitely have good questions and definitely um, it's always a pleasure. Um, right now with COVID, it is crazy, you know, the work situation. I'm working from home. Um, good thing I do have a studio from home and work continues. You know, it's difficult for shows and stuff like that. I know it's affecting everybody, but everybody's good on the home front. My peoples are good. Um, everybody seems fine. No crazy scares. And, um, I just hope the rest of the people out there are doing well, you know, and, um, people that, uh, may be caught up, hopefully um, they're getting better, but it's been pretty safe and I'm um, secure around here as of late. Inshallah. No, that's great to hear. And looking at that with having the home studio, you know, some artists in this time, kind of shut it down and they're having a tough time being creative while others have told me they've been like way more creative and had a higher output since the lockdown just because they have nothing else to do. Where do you fall in that? Do you find like you're still inspired and you're still making a lot of music or do you find that your creativity is kind of taken a back seat just with the gravity of what's been going on? Uh, definitely. I think the gravity what's going on does play a toll on you a bit. But for me, I mean, I've been in a creative zone, you know, being locked down kind of, you know, force you to kind of be in, you know, one space. So for me, I watch a lot of movies, read a lot of books. So for me, it's actually, um, 
it actually worked out to his benefit. You know, I get a lot of time now to just really focus and, you know, lock down and not really, you know, fuck around, just get really to the business of things and, and being creative, you know, you have more time now to actually focus. You know, a lot of times you got to do a lot of, you know, going out and a lot more of um, promoting on the outside. But right now it's kind of like you're limited to what you can do. So for me, it's trying to maximize every opportunity to its full potential, especially during this situation. So for me, it's, um, it's been good. It's been real good. That's awesome. And when I talked to General Backpain, he was doing a lot of gaming and said that you guys were all playing online. Have you guys been <laughs> keeping that up and, and having that to, you know, connect over? Definitely, definitely. You know, home team, General Backpain, um, set that up. I think it's a genius idea. You know, it gets the game nights going um, a few times a week. We get that going off, you know, get to release some tension, invite some people in. So, you know, part of the community keeps it growing. So I think it's a great idea. And that's also a definite way that we get to keep up the communication. And, you know, the kind of, we can't really go out as much, at least have these outlets. And um, I think that was a great idea. No, it sounds like a blast. So who who's kind of on the leaderboard right now? If you had to, you know, because like, Call of Duty is the game, right? Yeah, Call of Duty is the game that they're playing right now. I haven't been on as of late, but um, I know General Backpain and Pat Scientist, um, <laughs> they're really going at it on there. Um, I would say Payne, you know, he's 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 a, he's a big-time gamer. Don't sleep. He's uh, really big with the game. He don't play around. But I know him and uh, Pat Scientist were really going at it. He told me that um, he had a great round with him. He got him. He came back. But, um, yeah, those two really be going at it. So where do you fall in the mix? Um, right now, I felt I can't. I've been like you know more of a spectator right now. I've been kind of like laid back because I know my connection is not as fast, so one second delay throws me off. And plus, um, I just got into it and began the game probably like later this week. So I've been more in spectator mode, watching these guys go at each other, sitting back laughing. <laughs> yeah, what's better is watching them actually play the game or listening to, you know, the the smack that that they run while they play smack that they run <laughs> definitely 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 i mean of course you want to see this the victory but uh it's good to see the camaraderie and seeing um definitely you know the other side of the mcs and producers and stuff like that too it's real dope i mean i feel like that just has to strengthen the way that you all work together and support each other whether it's through music or in life in general just being able to see each other's like like different sides and not always just talk music 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 Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, music, of course, is a centerpiece, but definitely with home team, there's so many outlets from guys talking about cooking, video games, to what's just going on in their daily life. I mean, with the team itself, it's a good brotherhood, so it kind of, like, keeps us all in tune, especially when the COVID situation hit. You know, it's definitely more than music. Guys are asking about each other's families, how they're doing, making sure everybody's all right, touching in, you know, just checking with the team, how they're doing. So, Definitely, you know, with the team, I have to say it goes deeper than rap, you know, so there's a lot more outlets. I like guys like General Backpain showing the game inside me. I'm into movies and stuff. So there's more outlets to just music, but that's the centerpiece that holds us all together. And I feel like I've learned a lot more about different artists, either through these interviews, you know, over the last couple of months or just through like mm -hmm. outlets like Instagram and Twitter, where you're seeing guys showing different aspects of their life that they might not have shown before if you're always out doing shows and filming videos yeah and, like you know you don't always have time to show what you're really into outside of music so i feel like i've learned a lot about different artists in this time that's real dope i think that's true because now everybody's kind of locked down so you get to see more of a personal side so i think that's dope and it's good that it does translate over
Now, you and Onaje Jordan have worked together in the past, and you know he did a great project with General Back Pain, but here you guys are linking up for a full-length project together with Heavy Math. How did you guys come together for this project and decide, like, it's time that we do a full-length um, together? Well, me and Najee, um, I know Najee for quite some time before he was um, even part of the home team family. We worked together on, um, I think, my first album, The Killing Time. We did a track called Holy Gold. Um, he's always been a solid brother. I always loved his sound. We kind of always crossed pathways, kept good communication. He worked with a lot of my brothers. Um, I see what he was doing. He always supported me. And we always had talks. And when he joined home team um, last year, we had some plans to, you know, work on music and tracks. And um, he sent me over music slowly. And his music always kind of put me in a different mood. So we worked on a few tracks together, a few Lucy's. It came out doing well. People gave a good response to it. Um, me, him, General Backpain, other home team members worked together. And me and him always had an idea of working on an album together. It was just about the timing. And I think um, just getting all the music together and really being carefully selective and just putting it all together and taking the time with it, it just came to pass. But we always kind of had an idea we were going to work together and um, try to make something special. That's awesome. Now, when you think about adding Onaje to home team, what do you look for when you, when you before you ask somebody to be down? Um, I mean, at that time, when we wasn't really ever a thing of like really asking or anything like that. We kind of always been self-contained and kind of been like that. But with Anaje, he's always been kind of like family. We, you know, a few of the brothers have worked with him in the past. And um, at that time, of course, we're looking for is someone that's moving and someone that, um, you know, can fit our beliefs and what we have structured and to come into the fold and really benefit and hold their own and, of course, excel off of that. I think Anaje was um, a perfect choice. He came into us at the perfect time. I don't think we were uh, looking to grow, but he was just a perfect piece. A producer who's really, really, really valuable at his craft. I think he's one a top tier producer. He's really moving. Has done excellent work. He um, really, really has come into the structure and really, really benefited the team with his leadership, his producing skills, his overall demeanor. He's just a great guy. I consider him a brother, a solid dude, and working with him was a pleasure and. It was just more of the right time and then everything just fit together at that perfect time. That's great. Now, how do you guys work together when you set out to do a song? Like, what's that creative process like between the two of you? Um, well, me and Anaje? Right. Well, me and Anaje, I would say, um, you know, I have a lot of trust in Anaje when it comes to production. So Anaje knows me as an MC. He's, he's listened to my music. He's been around me. He knows me as a person as well. So this process with Anazi is very different. It's very easy, but very different because he set the score. I, I feel like he set the score for a flick, for a movie. And everything he sent over kind of fit. You know, he really took lead way of the production and set the tablet, set the path, and I just walked upon it. But he kind of had the idea where it was going to be going. Of course, I had the name Heavy Math, uh, some details that I wanted. And sonically, he came to fruition with it. He just uh, came with it. Sent over a pack of beats. Everyone was on point. So another pack, everyone was on point. And then we just started picking through, and um, he set it up sonically of how it should be. And it came to pass. That's amazing. And when you look at the Heavy Math title, you know, it, you're dropping a lot of gems on here. 
And mm-hmm. even on Black Cloud, you yeah. said heavy math manifested from God. So when you look at the the, the, the overall theme of heavy math, you know, what do you want to give people and how did you go about making that happen? Um, the main thing I wanted to give people was, you know, I am um, a proud Muslim brother and um, I don't want to overbear, but at the same time, I have certain things I want to get across, you know what I mean? Whether it's religiously or maybe just a matter of fact. But on this album, I wanted to drop a few gems on here, you know, try to give some math, try to make people um, look past the looking glass a little bit not be overbearing, but kind of like just show more myself on this album, especially with the heavy math manifested from God, you know, from the teachers I've learned growing up from my father, from getting into Islam to the early stages of before Islam when I was um, learning about the 5% away, the God body way, and all these teachers from great men that have passed on the knowledge of self to me. I just try to give that back through knowledge of self and making people aware. Whether you follow it or not, that's up to your discretion. And just try to drop some jewels. And of course, you know, on the side with my um, home team flavor, Killy Shoe style of, you know, uh, pop culture and history and, you know, just straight rawness, you know, try to blend that all together and um, just put it out there and hopefully the listener um, takes heed. Right, for sure. Because on the intro, um, which is, was a great way to set off the album, just with with the the style and and what you what you did there. You talk about you. this is beast mode. You know, you say that, and so mm-hmm. what I appreciate about the album, like you just said, you you found a way to balance that home team flavor, like you said, um, with stories and and giving the listener jewels that they can really think about and process and incorporate into their life. So how, how do you do that balance where you find this is a balance that's working between giving fans what they expect from Killy Shoot, but also living up to the title of Heavy Math. Well, well, first of all, thank you. I truly appreciate what you said. Um, I mean, for me, it's kind of easy at this point. I think my fans know of me pretty well. I have a solid fan base um, from overseas to the U.S. Um, a lot of people that kind of dive into Killy Shoot and discover more of my style and what I do. I think they kind of already understand it. And as I begin to grow, they're along with this journey as I evolve as well. So I feel like I just get to become more myself, whether it's the stories are, you know, going deeper into dropping knowledge. These are all things I kind of wanted to do. And now I have full expression. I think what Anaji did sonically on the soundscape for me was just fully let me express myself over the beats, whether it's to the drumless ones or to the ones with the drums at a slower pace. Um, I feel like he really complimented what I was trying to do. And, um, of course, great features. A lot of features from the people that came across, from Mugs on Drugs to Dante, um, to the home team, General Backpain, Lucas Day, Chuck Chan. You know, um, really appreciate what these guys did to come on the album and really bless these tracks and give me the assistance and um, keeping a fun, um, a fun situation all the way through. So keeping the balance, I would say it's pretty easy at this point because my fans, um, they're just they're right there and they really... Um, I even saying the word fans, it was like family. They're right right there along with me along the journey and they're steadfast in their belief. So, you know, really really feel lucky at times with that. That's great. And I noticed throughout Heavy Math, you're doing a lot more storytelling than I've heard you do in the past. Um, we can even look at tracks like Easy for the City. But like how do you approach your storytelling um, and telling good stories that, that work? Like how, how, what's that process like for you? Well, thank you, first off. Um, you know, growing up a fan of hip-hop, 
you know, like real, real head of hip hop guys like Slick Rick, you know, Ghostface, Raekwon. Um, these guys can really tell a story <clears throat> very well. And being a fan of hip hop, I always love the storytelling. Nas, you know, as well. Um, Jay-Z, they really can, there's certain artists that can tell a story in a certain way that really gravitates towards you. And I always felt like, you know, me as a writer, my mind's more like a cinematic writer. I write things with great detail and description. And um, when I go into writing the story, I try to think of certain times, whether it's um, events I've been around, uh, right there in the middle of, or something I heard, or something that I may have seen, and just try to give it some great detail. And I don't know, it's very, very simple for me at this point, um, just trying to write the beginning, middle, and end, and, and just trying to gravitate to listening to certain parts. I guess it's the same as writing a punchline, where after that punch, you just want to you know, smack them in the face. With me, it's more about what can I say that's going to grab the listener. You know, they can't see it. If I could put an image in their brain that's so vivid, it's going to make them stop for a second and maybe now become, you know, under the spell of what the story's trying to say. Right. And so when you do that, I mean, how much revision goes into your writing when you're doing story tracks? <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, story tracks, um, you know, before a lot, not so much now, but, um, it does go through quite a bit of revision because as you're going through the story, you have to make sure you know, there's a beginning, a middle, an ending. You know, if there's a, a character like for Easy for the City, it's about to do it easy. And when he went through coming to the city and his ordeal and getting with the female and all that. So I want to make sure that I can touch on the beginning briefly, the middle, and of course the end of what happened, how he was off and stuff like that. So there's quite a bit of revision going back and forth, making sure, you know, this is compatible with this and still rhyming and still keeping the flow. So, I mean, after a while you get used to it, especially if that's how you write. And for me, it's, um, it just really comes a little bit easy, but there is quite a bit of a vision to make sure the story is coherent all the way through. No doubt. And, you know, the other thing I think that, that comes through here is like on the steps, you talk about how you're able to see both sides of the, of, of, of life. You know, you say that you've been broke, had bread, um, seen the grind from both sides. How important is that perspective um, as you write and as you, as you give listeners your various messages? Um, thank you. Um, I think for me, it's, it's the whole, the whole, what I try to do. I think that, you know, being coming from, you know, the angle of the bravado of, you know, making money, you know, doing what you're doing to get money and actually seeing the good side of life and the nice cars and the nice crib and the clothes and everything. And to never think that you can lose those things and to lose those things and have it slip through your hands and then see the other side of trying to come back the right way, maybe and work an honest job and just try to um, contribute to society and people slamming doors in your faces and trying to make it. And the lure of just going back to that life. I think the balance of that itself is, is, and everything I try to do. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. And I think that uh, for myself, you know, being able to see both sides, you know how good it is when you're on top. I mean, everybody talks about when they're on top, you know, the best, the best cars, the females, the money, everything is good. You want to hear about that because maybe in your own life, things ain't going that good. So you want to hear about those times, a lot of times in the music. I think just given the perspective of both sides, I can talk about, you know, you know, see a junkie, and maybe someone in my family or my friend's family, that's what they end up being. And what's their perspective? What do they see every day? You know, when they look into the dealer's eyes, not the dealer looking at them, but them looking at the dealer. 
I can write from that perspective, I feel like um, maybe that can give me, um, you know, just a different style, maybe a different way of people trying to understand this whole shit that I'm trying to do. So I try to give different perspectives, not just from the dealer itself, but the environment, the other perspective, and being on both sides, as in having money and not having money and having to come back up. You know, it, it, it really does help. It does help quite a bit. No doubt. And another thing is I'm always interested in how you use your voice because you have like a, this really deep voice and you're, you're able to switch up your flow depending on the beat. How do you feel like you're able to use your voice and your flow to draw the listener in more and engage them with your, with your songs? Oh, thank you. I mean, when I was younger, it was kind of like a crutch, you know, you know, having, you know, signed from where I'm from, you know, being from Mass, Worcester, uh, Main South and, you know, loving East Coast rap, you know, especially New York rap has a certain sound. And, um, you know, you try to, of course, be younger, emulate that and that doesn't work. And you sound like what you sound. And I think for myself, you know, just uh, I always love flow. I always love MCs that can flow on the beat. I always love harmony. I love the way that, you know, certain artists like Rakim can like almost sound like an instrument with their voice, you know, um, Slick Rick as well. Um, I love flows like uh, Raekwon. So I think for myself, it was just being more comfortable with who I am. And ever since I was younger, when I first got into rap, it's always been about the flow to me, getting on the beat. And I think that it's always kind of stayed with me naturally. So, you know, whether it's inflection or going up and down or left and right or weaving through the beat to try to make it always be on point. I think that's something just like in the DNA, you know, ever, that's the thing I love about hip hop ever since I heard the fat boys, you know, it's just, you know, Kumo D, you know, it's just L.O. Cool J, just that whole you know, just that, that rhythm, let the rhythm hit them. So that's always been part of it. I think that I'm old school at heart and that um, comes across. And I think that the dialect from where I'm from, being from the city that where I'm from and the state that where I'm from, that blends in as well. And, um, you know, fortunately, it's been something that a lot of listeners uh, like and I hope continue to like. For sure. No, I mean, it seems like with each project that you're putting out, it seems like you're getting, you know, more and more attention and feed and positive feedback. Do you feel like the hard work thank is you. paying off right now? Oh, damn. Thank you. I appreciate that. I feel, yes, I feel like at this time, you know, it is paying off, you know, especially, you know, um, you know, having heavy math, you know, do so well uh, digitally and then seeing the numbers and the feedback from the fans, from the blogs, uh, articles, and also, you know, now getting the physicals and putting on CD to respect through records and building a relationship with them. Um, them really believing in myself and Najee and wanting to put the product out. Looks real nice and everything going well. I think hard work does pay off. You know, I think that um, I've been grinding out here for a while. I work with a lot of great artists. Uh, I've been around a lot of great artists. Got a lot of knowledge from them as well. You know what I mean? I try to soak in a lot of knowledge and um, get everything, you know, not just try to be, say I'm just a teacher, but also be a student at times and being around a lot of good, humble people, working hard and just really putting out music and focusing and locking down, I think it does pay off. I think at this point, especially with heavy math, I was very delighted at the response and still right now uh, surprised at how it's doing and how people are still responding to it. So yeah, it's been really dope, really dope, really dope. That's awesome. Now, what did you and Onaje want to give folks with the cover art? Uh, so... Anaja came to me, you know, we were, we were picking up some cover art and um, this dude, uh, Rob from Rap Seminar. Rob from Rap Seminar is the guy who did the cover art. 
And um, we gave him an early copy of the album and let him digest that, let him hear that. And when he heard the album, um, you know, with the heavy math and everything to it, he came back with a, a few different things. And Najee sent me um, the, the cover with the scales, the Arabic scale. And I was, uh, right when I seen it, I was like, that's it, that's it. It was Rob from Rap Seminar who really seen it, took the vision. I think he seen with the scales and we were getting across and me and Najee both being of Islam and he just put it all together and it's worked out beautifully. So that was really Rob from Rap Seminar getting that message across. But the whole message itself and the scales is pretty much just balance within itself. And within the album, I try to give you balance. There's a little, uh, I'm not trying to say, here, this kid is for there, this kid, not in that sense, but trying to find balance within oneself. And that's what I'm trying to do through the album and hopefully the listener can uh, take from that as well. No doubt. No, and I think they definitely will. And like, based on, you know, what, what you've been up to, General Back Pain, um, Chuck Chan and everybody in home team, I mean, there's a lot of great music being made right now. Has there been talk about a home thank team you. compilation? Yes, uh, thank you. And um, yes, that's on the plans right now. You know, I talk to General Back Pain quite often. That's my brother. Uh, we are working uh, on a home team compilation with the whole family, the three producers, Anaje, Prophecy, Chuck. Chuck also would do rapping duties, Deuce Hennessy, myself, Lupus Day, General Back Pain. So we definitely are look, looking forward to putting something together very soon. We are in the beginning stages of it, but yeah, that's definitely um, something a lot of people have been asking for as well. So we're not sleeping on that, and that's something that we are working hard on right at this moment as we speak. That's great, because I feel like the compilation is one of those long, kind of like those long lost pieces that were like, used to be so essential, you know, even five, ten years ago, like any kind of click would have compilations come out in between solo projects, but oh, definitely, it feels like it's fallen by the wayside as of late. I think, I think you're right. I think as of late, the, you know, the standard 90s routine of, you know, the compilation and the artist, I think that, you know, sometimes when I talk to my people, it's like, you know, I say we kind of reverse boot in a sense, where we came out and, you know, we always did group stuff as the Features and Lucy's and Minimal Projects, maybe team-ups, but we haven't had the compilation. And I think that comes from also just um, the way the climate is and the environment. I think it still could be done. I do see it done at times. I think the environment is a little different, but we all yearn for that. I think that's something to get everybody on the same page. I think now with the, the way everything is in the underground, it can be done. I think just the environment kind of breeds to, you know, more of a, it seems like sometimes a more of a microwavable climate where let's get this out right now. Or let's do this. Let's do this. So to put a whole team project together that's fully embodies of your team, what you want to get across, that's something you got to take a little time with. You want to, you know, get those fancy touches and make sure it's presented fully right for the people. So definitely can be done. It's definitely something I know me and my brothers yearn for, and it's something we want to get across, but I definitely agree. It's not so much um, of that being done right now in this climate of underground hip-hop. For sure. And when you look at everything else going on with Home Team, what what are the other plans for Home Team at this point moving forward? Well, right now, Home Team, I would say, is um, just really strengthening our imprint, you know, from putting out painkill to heavy math um, on our own imprint. And heavy math now, you know, of course, working with um, Respect You Records to get the physicals out, maybe more things like that, continuing to build the brand and actually really try to build something within ourselves. Of course, still work with um, anybody that wants to work with us and continue building and growth. 
I know right now the biggest thing is getting a home team project together, getting all of us on that page and really getting that project out. I know General Backpay has a project, the Najee coming soon. I know Deuce Hennessy's working on his project. I know Chuck's always working. I know I myself, I'm working on a project with Tone Beats, called these Violet Delights. So I know that we're constantly working prophecy just about a beat tape. So, I mean, the next biggest thing is getting the home team project put together. But I think really just making, um, just being stronger and just really building our imprint to where we try to be self-contained as much as we can and put out our product and be able to, you know, uh, get our music to our fans in the best way possible, more projects, more physicals, and to constantly keep growing, keep evolving. That's great. And as we, you know, continue to socially distance and stay home as much as we can, you know, I think a lot of folks have run through their Netflix queues or, you know, read the books they wanted to read already. So, like, any recommendations in terms of books, shows, um, activities that, that have been keeping you sane? I would say what I've been mostly watching is The Last Dance of Michael Jordan. That's what I've been watching uh, uh, most recently. A lot of The Last Dance, a lot of Red Dead Redemption. Um, as in reading, I haven't read much. I've been more writing right now, doing a lot of music, so a lot more writing. But I would definitely say Net, uh, ESPN, The Last Dance, um, Michael Jordan, that 10-part documentary is crazy. Uh, the Sports Head, definitely get up on that. Video games, I would say... Uh, I've been just Red Dead Redemption, <laughs> living in the Old West, writing a lot of rhymes, and listening to a lot of music. So <laughs> that's been the routine lately. And working, working from home. So when you look at The Last Dance of Michael Jordan, do you have a better opinion of him? And does he look like a, an incredible leader to you? Or does he come off as kind of an asshole? Like, what, like how did... Because we all knew he drove his teammates pretty hard. Yeah. But after... You know, watching the show and then hearing like stories that have come out from other people, um, like Horace Grant outside of the documentary that that Jordan didn't have control over. I mean, it's I can definitely see people thinking both ways, and and for me, he's coming off definitely more on the asshole side of things. Ah, uh, see, I I think for myself, um, my dad think I was forced enough for my pops to be like, hey, Jordan's always kind of like an asshole. This was back in like '91, so I kind of always. I always felt a certain way about Jordan, especially, you know, reading the Jordan rules uh, way back in the day. You know, I kind of always heard a lot of things about Jordan on the outskirts. So when this came out, I wasn't really surprised. I kind of always knew who Jordan was. It was funny. It's more comical to me. I think it was more funny to see a lot of people more see him in his fashion. I think that the media, of course, was manipulated at a certain time to make Jordan like the Gatorade be like Mike, and he comes across as this nice, endearing guy with a smile. I always knew he was kind of cutthroat. Heard a lot of reports about him being a jerk and an asshole. So I think, um, yeah, he, he, he comes across like an asshole in this documentary. Um, it's what would you do to win? And, and you know, the guy, um, I have to say, is the ultimate competitor. He, he's raw in his endeavor. Um, he wanted to win by any means necessary. And that's going to rub a lot of people the, the wrong way. Could that exist today in this climate of social media? Hell no. Man. You know, I don't think that could exist. But that's who he was. And we uh, we celebrated that. You know, we celebrate the champion. We don't celebrate the loser. So I think within that, you know, Jordan is who Jordan is. That, that's, that's what it is. I wasn't too surprised. I always knew he was a bit of an asshole. So, you know, he, he is what he is. 
Yeah, it's definitely giving this added dimension, though, in terms of like hearing some some stories, you know, from other teammates. But then hearing stories come out outside of the Last Dance, there's just there's a lot mm-hmm. to take in. And good or bad, I mean, I think it's the documentary we all needed at this point to kind of yes. have some kind of sports yeah. in our lives. Whether we <laughs> we love Jordan, we don't love Jordan, we love LeBron more, you know, whatever people are debating. I mean, I think it's definitely given us something to talk about and think about. Definitely, definitely. You're actually right. You know, the added dimension of it and giving us this side. And plus, for a lot of people who don't know this other side and get to see Jordan in this light, I think it is shocking. And I think it's it's really cool, especially with no sportsman, like you said. It gives us added dimension to look at, like, wow, this is really crazy. It was really like that? Yes, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. 